0: Yo, yo, this is Jason Goff from the Full Go podcast. Me and the crew, we like to entertain you. And we're going to do more of that this football season because the Bears should be more intriguing. There should be more fascination. Justin Fields, is this the make or break year? Is DJ Moore the piece that's going to put them over the top? You can catch us on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays or when we have an emergency podcast when we have breaking news. Make sure you follow the Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey, this is Danny Heifetz. Before we get to the show, just wanted to let you know that we recorded this episode before Adam Schefter tweeted that Austin Eckler, Chargers running back, is dealing with an ankle injury and that his status for practice this week is uncertain. That's all we know right now. So obviously, we're recording this Monday right now. It's before Monday Night Football. So keep that updated. We discussed Josh Kelly, who is Austin Eckler's backup on the Chargers in this episode, so you can hear about him. And obviously, if Austin Eckler is going to miss more time, we would only pick Josh Kelly even higher. So keep that in mind and keep up to Dan Austin Eckler's injury. Okay, cool. Let's get to the show. Welcome to the Rear Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. And it is time once again for waivers and trivia. Craig, are you excited for trivia?
0: Can't wait. I think it's my favorite show of the week. I am so excited to get some ridiculously random questions so incredibly (laughs) wrong and get absolutely demolished by emails and tweets about how stupid I am. Can't
3: wait. (laughs) So if you are listening to this for the first time and you're incredibly confused, we uh, go through our waiver pickups of the week pretty differently than everyone else. So we're going to go through all of our must-add players entering week two. And here's how it's going to work. We're going to go position by position, and we're each going to give our top pick of a player we would add at a certain position. We're going to use like 40-ish percent on ESPN or Yahoo as a general cutoff. We'll talk about the players that we cut off, but we're going to be like, who's our top pick at running back or receiver? But here's the thing, like waivers in your league, only one person can get that guy. So if we pick the same person, we're going to do a trivia tiebreaker and decide who gets it. And then we're just going to give the rest of our picks. So that way we try to, you know, build in an order to these guys. Instead of just giving you eight names, we're g- giving you the actual list of guys that we have. Uh, and then we're going to do a trivia tiebreaker. If you're confused, I-, I promise it's super not complicated. You'll pick up the whole process very quickly. So mm. everyone listening, email us at gmail.com If you want to send in trivia, remember the answers have to be a number, does it, a year, a number, whatever. Just remember, they have to be numerical. <laughs> okay. We could just kind of dive right in. I feel like week one was deeply frustrating as just watching it or experiencing it, but there weren't, knock on wood, a ton of injury. I guess I shouldn't curse more people, but I feel like all the injuries happened entering week one. (laughs) But there's still a ton you learn. There's just a ton of assumptions we have that are either affirmed or completely upended. So it's still pretty important. So with that said, DK, without further ado, let's just jump right in here. Running back, first waiver period of the year. Please give us your number one running back pickup entering week two.
4: This one was very difficult, actually, because there's probably like four, was. four or five running backs, I think, that are definitely worth picking up. So again, if, if you don't get this top guy, listen closely because there's, there's a couple other guys to add, but I'm going to lean Kenneth Gainwell for the Eagles who was surprisingly the clear-cut number one guy. I mean, there was talk about him in the preseason like getting a lot of snaps with the with the ones during training camp, and we kind of brushed those aside. Turns out, maybe we should have listened a little bit harder to those reports, because he got 18 touches. The next closest running back on the team, I believe, had four touches. Uh, Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch. Ridiculous. DeAndre Swift barely touched the football, barely played. Um, and so, yeah, Kenneth Gainwell... Who is rostered on 22% of ESPN leagues? He's a little high on Yahoo, 46%. But if he's out there, he would be my number one option.
3: I did I had Kenneth Gainwell as my top guy. You did too, Craig. Ah, yeah, I'm not triple. convinced that by like we,
0: I'm not convinced by like week ten he's going to be the guy. But I for right yeah. now, I think this is probably the right pick. You're, I mean, it was a sloppy game. New England has a good defense, and he still put up you know 74 yards. Kenneth Gainwell did on 18 touches, so I, I think that's. As long as they're giving him the ball this much, that's kind of his floor with a great uh, offensive line like the Eagles yeah. have.
3: So we all have Gainwell. I just want a quick temperature check here. Again, we try to use 40-ish percent as the kind of roster cutoff. You have a better odds of getting Kenneth Gainwell on ESPN than Yahoo for whatever reason. He's much more rostered in Yahoo. Here's my only question. We're not using Tyler Algier in this thing we're doing here because Tyler mm-hmm. Algier is rostered in too many leagues. However, you never know, right? He's still a backup running back. Like I don't know. Maybe someone cut him, enter- him entering your league. If Tyler Algier and Kenneth Gainwell, for whatever reason, were on waivers, would you guys still pick Gainwell or would you take Tyler Algier, DK?
4: (laughs) Well, you know, my love of Arthur Smith, but I I would still still take Algier just because it seems very clear that they want to make him a featured part of this offense. They want to use him and Bijan Robinson together on the field. 55% snap rate last week, or I should say on Sunday, 18 touches, which was 13th among all running backs. 22.4 Um, 22.4 half PPR points. He was the RB4. So, like, it, it, it does the way that they utilize him, especially around the goal line. I don't think that's going to go away. It, it feels like this is what they're going to do. So,
3: I'd probably put Algier number one. I agree with that, Craig. Are you on the same boat? I would do Algier if he's out there. He's probably not, but I would do Algier if he's out there and Kenny Gainwell's second, Craig. Yep, agreed. All right. So, all right. So, we all have Kenny Gainwell here. Mm-hmm. So, that means it is time. Who gets him? For our first showdown time of the entire year. Again, if people are just listening for the first time, they must think we're insane. But again, we're going to just, we all pick Kenny (laughs) Gainwell. We're going to do a showdown. We're going to do a trivia. And then whoever wins gets Kenny Gainwell. And then we'll see who doesn't. We'll keep track of all this. We'll come up with some punishment at the end of the year for whoever's players did the worst. But Craig, if you'll do us the honor. It is
0: time for the week one (laughs) waiver wire showdown time. And it is with... Kenneth Gainwell. It is the Kenneth Gainwell Showdown Time! Yes! Year three of doing this! Year three of yelling showdown time in my apartment. (laughs) We're like Matthew McConaughey and and dazed and confused with showdown time.
3: (laughs) This is from Dallin, or Dallin. I don't know, to be honest. Dallin. 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 D. In Madden 16, what overall, so from 1 to 99, what was the overall uh, rating for Gary Barnage? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm assuming 2016
0: is after his blow-up year, right? The big year was 15? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I think.
0: Gary Barnage. Okay, how are we doing this? Are we all saying it at the same time? Are we texting
4: our group with Kai?
0: You think we we should figure that out by now. Yeah, we'll do a text. (laughs) Uh, we'll text the group with Kai so he is yeah. our witness he is our uh, 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 impartial fourth party so tell us give us the countdown Craig alright
3: yeah everyone type alright three, two, one, 2, 1 go oh. I, wow we're close okay DK wow. said 77 I said 84 Craig said 82 the answer damn, is damn I got
0: squeezed
3: 76 <laughs> yeah ah hell yeah Woo. damn wow so that was the first okay start. DK you get Gary Barnage's love and you also get Kenneth <laughs> Game 1 on your team that's brutal. Craig, you're next then. So, Kenny Gamewell's gone. Who do you want at running back, Craig?
0: I want Josh Kelly on the Chargers. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's a hot take. Maybe you would have expected me to take Gus Edwards on the Ravens, but uh, there's something about uh, the way that I, I think they don't want to overuse um Austin Eckler uh, this year. I mean, they usually don't anyway, but particularly this year, Josh Kelly, you know, could be the one-two punch like they had with Zeke and Pollard in Dallas, where Kellen Moore was the previous offensive coordinator. Josh Kelly had 16 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown, all career uh, career high yards. Um, and this game was close the whole time. That's why I like this: is he was getting consistent work throughout the entire game with mm-hmm. Eckler. He's very low rostered on Yahoo. Uh, under 20%. So, uh, also, you know, Eckler has a history of being banged up here and there, but here and there, but I just like that. He has the floor of like, he's the one B in this offense. He's the Tyler Algier in this offense. And he has the ceiling of, if anything were to happen to Eckler, he would be, you know, a really important guy. Flex with benefits.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: a flex with it, benefits.
3: It's true, though, Craig, where the Chargers, honestly, I think the biggest difference, I know they lost the game, they still have the Chargers end of gameness, but they totally looked like a total <laughs> yeah. downhill team, like the, even yeah. Eckler, like the ability to just run forward, like if it was Madden, the HB dive, like they were just running forward and he had such an attacking mentality on the ground that was so, it really was more reminiscent of how the Cowboys played. Um, under Kellen Moore. So I, I I thought it was a huge change. And again, yeah, Josh got 16 carries, 91 yards, and a touchdown. He also ran some
4: routes. He ran 15 routes. Eckler ran 23. He was on uh, the goal-to-go situations 30% of the time. So he wasn't getting the majority of the goal-to-go stuff, but he was getting in there. Um, and he was featured in, like, long, down, and distance. So in other words, he was in there in obvious passing situations, which is good for him because he could end up catching more passes than you think. And so this was really like a split rather than him being... You know, just a guy that comes in and spells for Austin Eckler, So that that's very promising for what he did.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're not getting 16 carries if you're spelling. Okay, so DK gets Kenneth Ganwell, Craig's taking Josh Kelly. I'm actually going to go to the other Rams or the other LA running back. I'm going to do Kyron mm-hmm. Williams for the Rams. Yep. So he got 15 carries for 52 yards and two touchdowns. He also actually got targets. He Cam Akers had more touches in the game, but the Rams were up by so much. Sorry, DK. When the game was still in hand, <laughs> Yeah, Kyron Williams had more touches than Cam Akers. He ran twenty six more like routes too. So he's actually a factor in the passing yeah. game that Cam Akers yeah. isn't. I just think this is a split backfield. I don't think Kyron Williams has just rested control. I don't. I I, I would choose Kenneth Gainwell over him because again, uh, Sean McVay seems fickle with all this running back stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Akers comes out and, and Kyron Williams was irrelevant next week. But I do think Kyron Williams will have a role in this backfield for at least the foreseeable future, and mm-hmm. it's just like an obvious, like easy contributor you can just add. And again, he's also kind of flex the benefits guy.
4: Let me throw some numbers at you for Kyron Williams. By the way, I'm doing a waiver wire edition or waiver wire pickups column at the website, at the ringer.com this this year. It's going to be on our uh, rankings draft guide, our fantasy draft guide. So go check that out. uh,
3: Fantasyfootball.theringer.com.
4: Yeah, thank you for that. Um, Here's some numbers for you that would give you a better idea. So basically at the end of the day, Akers actually ended up with more carries than than Kyron Williams did, but like the vast majority of those came in garbage time at the very end of the game. At halftime, um, Williams was out snapping Akers 26 to 4. After three quarters, it was 39 to 12. This was Kyron Williams' backfield straight up. And as the year goes on, that could change. As Heifetz alluded to, like McVeigh is pretty fickle. Like we never really know what to expect. But if you go back to last year at this time, uh, our buddy Peter Schrager was talking about how Kyron Williams was going to be like a featured part of this offense. And then Kyron Williams got hurt on the opening kickoff of the season and it just never happened. And so, I don't know, man. I'm pretty excited about Kyron Williams. I think he could have a, a much bigger role than people were expecting. I think he's a pretty good player. He's not very fast, but he's just a good player. And so, I think that they could utilize him uh, in that way. And he definitely dominated in all the important areas. Like, he ran way more routes. He, I think he ran... He ran a, a huge amount of routes, 28 routes and just two for acres in this game. So he's getting all the
3: important work. So I think the upset here is that J.K. Dobbins, the running back for the Ravens, tore his Achilles. So he's out for the season and none of us chose a Ravens. So I think you got Gus Edwards has been kind of the backup for the Ravens for a number of years. Justice Hill's been the third stringer. And it's funny because all, not funny, but all three of them have gotten hurt. Like there was a point where J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Justice Hill a couple of years ago were all right. like these very sexy backfields. And then they all got hurt in the same preseason. So now we oh, yeah, are Latavius
0: back. Murray was the guy that year. Yeah. Yikes.
3: <laughs> so it's like Dobbins is hurt. Now we've got Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. And then Melvin Gordon's elevated from the practice squad. So mm-hmm. I, I'm surprised none of us picked them. I actually like Justice Hill a lot more than most people. I think the knee jerk is going to be to take Gus Edwards. He's owned in, or rostered in like 20% of ESPN leagues. But Justice Hill's in like less than half a percent. I actually prefer Justice Hill. I think he's got a little more juice. He's the one who came in for J.K. Dobbins when he got hurt. He's the one who was taking first team reps when Dobbins was holding out of training camp. Mm-hmm. I know that's not always a perfect one for one because, you know, they prep certain ways during the week, but I kind of just think Justice Hill's a better player. I think that Gus Edwards, a lot of his success came in this specific offense that they, they were running when they had more designed runs for Lamar Jackson. Right. I think I think Justice Hill's a better fit for this new offense. I don't know. They also might sign someone, but I think Melvin Gordon's toast and that's the thing. It's like, I think we could psych ourselves out about a three-man backfield with Melvin Gordon. Maybe they sign someone. I don't know, but I'm kind of like, all right, but what if Justice Hill and Gus Edwards actually just split this backfield themselves? Like every backfield is a split backfield in the NFL, except for like four yeah. or three. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like at the end of the day, Austin Eckler's in a split backfield. He's fine. So I I, I, I actually think we might be making a huge mistake not having Justice Hill first here because we're almost psyching ourselves out. I don't know, DK, like.
4: Yeah, it's, it's very tough. And I would say even though he is the fifth guy we mentioned in this list or sixth guy, really, if you count Algier. It's the the margins between each of them, in my opinion, are pretty razor thin. So if you need a running back, like put in a waiver for all these guys in in whatever order you believe is the strongest. And then you'll end up hopefully getting one or two of them. Um, but like Justice Hill, like you said, Heifetz, he was the kind of the starter. There was indications he could be the starter coming into the year. Um, and he was particularly running in front of Gus Edwards in the preseason and all that. So there's some there's some indications here that he will be the next man up. He scored two rushing touchdowns in this last game. Um, and that definitely carried him because he had uh, seven carries for nine <laughs> yards. Otherwise, it was just not. A Which great, isn't
3: awesome. That's not, <laughs> not always a great what great would like to see.
4: Um, but yes, what you said is 100% correct. Every backfield pretty much in the NFL right now is like a split. Justice Hill and, and Gus Edwards are almost surely going to split rep, uh, reps. But um, he's still a strong ad, in my opinion. You should definitely be aggressive in going to get him. I want to throw out a couple more names just because it's week one. And this is the week where you can really make a difference on your team in particular um, by adding some guys. These are some more that I would see as more like stash type players, but I'm just going to list off a few. Take Bigsby for the Jags, who is getting all their goal line stuff. Uh, Taji Spears for the Titans, who actually out snapped Derrick Henry, even though he barely got the football. It's just something to monitor as we go along. Um, Jerome Ford for the Browns, Roshan Johnson for the Bears and Sean Tucker for the Buccaneers. There are a couple other guys I jotted down as just players to potentially stash this week based on how the usage ends up like playing out as the season goes on.
3: I like all those guys. I agree that their stashes, they're probably not going to contribute anything for you right now. Right. Uh Roshan Johnson's a good example of someone that is probably a couple injuries away from maybe being a star. Mm-hmm. And yet right now he's essentially part of a four man backfield on an offense that can't move the ball. So it's kind of like how last year, Justin Fields was abysmal for five weeks. And then the final half of the season, he probably like could have won a year league. So it's like some of these guys, it's just gradual, gradual, gradual. And then all at once, just absolutely st- like Christian Watson's a good example of that. So that's the tough thing with these running backs. Ford is definitely the guy for the Browns. The only other guy I want to add to that. And I would put above these guys, actually Zach Moss for the Colts, because mm. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor's on, you know, PUP. We'll see when he actually comes back. I I have my doubts. And you look, Zach Moss is going to return from an arm injury. He almost came back in week one. I think he'll be back in week two. Evan Hull is a rookie. Evan Hull basically hurt his knee immediately in week one. So that's not great. The other one was Deion Jackson, the Colts running back. Deion Jackson had five carries for fourteen yards and two fumbles. Um, Aaron, he's
0: a jag Hyvitz. he had thirteen carries for fourteen yards. Not <laughs> five. Did I get that he had thirteen oh, carries. He 13 averaged
4: one yard a 14? carry. Good lord. Oh right, yes. sorry.
3: I think I yeah, I mixed up my lines there. That's, he had five wow, catches. That's actually, insane. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thirteen carries, fourteen yards. Aaron Schatz, who used to be a Football Outsiders, is now at FTN Fantasy has this there's this stat basically it's called DR, but basically it's re- value over replacement player. It's, you, you know? And it's how good did you do versus a similar player they could find on waivers. And Deion Jackson's score in this stat of value over replacement was the worst grade a running back has gotten in 40 years in this game. Nineteen eighty one. So forty-two uh, years technically nineteen eighty one wow. was the last time how a running are they back even had a worse score. Able to go back that far. Like how can they, they went assess back, that? Well, the they went back and actually created the like. They went back and got all the data and stuff from um, games. I think they actually had a... the stats didn't exist yet, so I think they actually had to go they back. Like, they and pull watch up the like games. old
4: VHS tapes and they chart yeah. them.
3: It's crazy. Yeah, they back up. It rude, used to be, be like '91, like and then they yeah. <laughs> <Craig's> yeah. <laughs> all right, like, guys. T- t- sounds like today, a lot of work t- for,
0: the, for the next month. You're gonna watch every football game from 1982 <laughs> to 1989 and chart the running back play.
3: Oh, great. I will say. I will say I watched I've watched did we need that I don't know I watched a couple of old Giants playoff wins against the 49ers like back in the you know the 80s and 90s that was like a sick rivalry and what blew my it was like crazy to watch like Bill Walsh coach in the sideline oh yeah it was crazy and I couldn't believe was that they had instant replay but no yellow line and that mm, blew my yeah. mind like seeing Bill Walsh challenge but there was no yellow line I was just like stunned that came first. Yeah,
0: well, because instant replay technically, that actually makes sense to me. Like adding a a digital line on the screen seems like a much more modern advancement. Didn't they not add the yellow line until like the the early 2000s? I think it was 99. That's wild. How was it? It's later than you think.
3: The Broncos Raiders game, they had one play or two plays where the the lines were skewed. Do you remember like your math teachers, whatever, used to have those weird projectors where they could put the little thing over and like show you how to do graphs or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they had they accidentally moved the blue and yellow lines, and they had it fixed while the game was moving, so it was diagonal. So the the instead of the line staying put, Somaji Piran was running. I saw that. But yeah, yeah. The blue line kept moving ahead of him, so it looked like he was staying in place. And I re- <laughs> I remember like real mindfuck.
4: You know what I always wondered? How did I remember when in hockey for a hot minute? I don't know if they still do this, but they had like a little cursor that would like hover over the puck, so you could see where the puck is. Because on TV, when yeah. you're watching hockey games, it's like hard to watch the puck. How did yeah. they fucking follow that? They just must have had what? like a motion sensor or something that would they like
3: cameras. Well, that's easier because it's fixed. It's like how tennis is the perfect
4: replay. It's because it's a fixed space. Yeah. I just never understood that. I always like pictured some guy like using like a pen to like follow the puck. It, like, that's it was, cute. Like, he was like definitely really, wrong. really
3: fast. That's, I <laughs> no, that I, that's they that's the puck right. guy. I think that's probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. No, that's yeah. correct. Puck guy. <laughs> Love, it's actually Matt Bellany Matt Bellany did it. <laughs> that's the that's the same guy who goes back
0: and he's been watching all the games from 1984. Yeah. He's also the yeah. puck yeah. guy in during yeah, the yeah. NHL season. Just attention okay, so to,
3: to detail recap. off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> if Tyler Algier for the Falcons is out there, get him. If not, Kenneth Gainwell for the Eagles, get him. That's unanimous. And then I would say on the next tier altogether is Kyron Williams for the Rams and Josh Kelly for the Chargers, the two LA running backs that they're out there, along with the, the the Ravens guys Justice Hill, Gus Edwards. And honestly, if you're listening to this and surprised we didn't have the Ravens guy, just freaking take them. If you like, if you think the Ravens guys are better than like you know, take them over Josh Kelly or Kyron Williams. I won't be offended. As DK said, the margins are thin. And then a tier below that. Handcuff territory. Jerome Ford, handcuff for Chubb. Roshan, part of the Bears' backfield. Zach Moss of the Colts. It's still an ugly offense. I think all that makes sense. And if you're in a really, really, really deep league, I think A.J. Dillon might lose a you know third-string running back job to Patrick Taylor. So Cool. Tough. All right. Wide receiver time? Yeah. Not that many injuries at receiver in Week 1. Knock on wood. I know it can curse people now. We have, obviously, Cooper Cup. <laughs> Jacoby Myers suffered a, a really tough injury. But otherwise, mostly unscathed. Having said that, a lot of breakouts. Mm. DK, you wrote a column for fantasyfootball.theranger.com. Mm-hmm. Start us off here. Who's your number one waiver ad at receiver entering week two?
4: So I know that you asked me this last night and I said someone else, but I'm, go- I'm changing my mind. I'm going to Puka Nakua for the Rams. I think in the, shor- in the short term, there's a combination of variables working in his favor. Number one, he looked incredible. Like he was awesome. <laughs> number two, yeah. Matt Stafford looked incredible incredible like seriously he looked prime matt stafford we were so worried about his elbow and his back this offseason. season he looked like vintage matt stafford so that connection there is really really strong he had 15 targets puka nakua did 10 catches 119 yards he also had a he left a little beat on the bone because matt stafford overthrew him a little bit on what would have been a touchdown so he would have had like just an absolutely ludicrous day if he would have hit that play um nakua played on 96 of the team's snaps over the first three quarters he kind of came out a little bit as the, as the game went on and there was like garbage time. Um, but in the first three quarters, he had a 96% snap rate and a 44% target rate. Stick with that for the next few weeks. Who knows when Cooper Cup is going to come back? Um, there's a couple other receivers I like, but man, ride the, the Puka Nakua yeah, wave right now.
3: I, I, I have the same thing. There were two players that um, had 15 targets yesterday that lead the league now in targets. It's Tyreek Hill and Puka Nakua. So yeah, like, I don't like, know. Can't Just ride that wave. Greg, yeah, exactly. did you have Puka Nakua? Puka Doncic, I have him as
0: well. (laughs) Uh, Is this uh, question before we do showdown time? I just want to talk about the Rams because obviously Tutu Atwell is also a guy who had 119 Mm -hmm. yards on eight targets. With this refreshed, refurbished Stafford, are we kind of in on the Rams as a passing attack without Cooper Cup right now? Like, are we like targeting Tutu, Van Jefferson, Puka? Do you kind of want
3: to grab shares of all these guys? I think yeah, I, I'm curious think so. what DK says. I think the easy thing for me to say is yeah, they're great. And I know that obviously I was super down on the Rams and said they were uns I said they were unserious defense, I'll say. The defense was good. <laughs> I think that the real answer though, Craig, 12 is we're yards
4: s- in the second half. Well, That's I'm just trying to avoid the,
3: the week yeah. one, week two roller coaster because they played yeah, the yeah. Seahawks, and as DK said the Seahawks defense is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. The the Niners, the Rams played the 49ers next week, and we saw what they did to the Steelers. So obviously if Puka Naku and Tutu Atwell are good against the Niners, like there's nothing left to say, like we're in on the Rams. I I think the real answer is Puka and Tutu Atwell could suck next week. And the Rams could still be good because the Niners D is so good. So if you're adding them, I'd be prepared for them to legit have under five points and still like be optimistic.
4: You have to temper your expectations a little bit. By the way, I still still think there's a chance like Van Jefferson comes out and like leads the team in receiving next week. Like this is, this is what always seems to happen every single year. We see something crazy happen in week one. And then, you know, the game plan changes, yeah. the defense
0: changes. Remember the, Quintez Cephas? Remember yes, Quintez Cephas yeah, yeah. and the Lions had like 10 targets a game for like three games and then just fell off the face of the earth? It does feel <laughs> like Van Jefferson is kind of a sleeping giant right now. Yeah, And that three weeks from now, he's the top guy. He,
4: By the way, he did drop another play that like could have completely changed our outlooks on what happened is he dropped what would have been probably a touch, like a 50, 60 yard touchdown. He just dropped it. Um, he got wide open down the field. Uh, the Seahawks lost he did track, just of him, drop it. and then he, it just like bounced off his hands. So that
0: would have been. a I mean, recency play for him. bias. Recency bias is a core tenet of of waiver pickups. I mean, yeah. that, that's all it is. It's like, oh my I think, god, I I can't not think of Puka Nakua well, getting ten catches.
3: One of and one of the hardest parts of the of week one is that it's still we're not always just the things that happen don't always mean anything because every every week in the NFL one or two things happen outcome wise that are completely outliers. Like you remember a couple years ago when the bills were like one of the best teams in the league. And then they lost to the Jaguars nine to six when the Jaguars ended <laughs> up getting the number one pick yeah. in the draft. Yeah. But like they beat the bills. It's like, there's always something like that each week that you're like, how did that happen? It just, mm-hmm. sometimes that happens to happen in week one. And you don't know. I do think in this case we could uh, Pukanuku is clearly number one. I think, well, we can do showdown time, but I think the question is going to be where we have two, to at well. Yeah. Um, showdown time? Time? Showdown time. Craig. It is
0: the Puka Nakua Showdown Time. Did you guys think we'd be here? You think we'd be doing Puka <laughs> Nakua, number <laughs> no, one wide receiver, say, Showdown
3: at- <laughs> Time, week one? I'm going the uh, other way. We've had some freaking sad. We had Mike Boot. We've had some sad Showdown Times. Puka Nakua, I think, is actually like, that's a fun.
0: This is one to sell. It's really fun, yeah. but did not think we'd be here week
3: one. <laughs> no. All right. Well, He's <laughs> a fifth rounder. Fifth round rookie. 15
4: targets. This doesn't happen. Is
3: he B- BYU? He went to BYU? Yeah. Let me let me tell you where we're about to go. If you're with, uh, if you're listening to this episode with a child, I would pause it. Check <laughs> okay. it back up when it's just adults. Uh, this trivia question is from John. Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> According to the British Journal of Urology, mm. okay. like oh, average length the average length of an erect penis is 5.2 inches. Okay. All right. Wow. Everyone has to get. The, hold get on. Hold on. I got to go
0: call my wife. Get,
3: get up. <laughs> I'm just above the average. this time. Hold on. <laughs> Everyone's got to send a text. You got five seconds to think about this answer. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, How wait, many wait, erect penis? 5.2 inches. How many erect penises would it take to cover a football field from goalpost to goalpost? You got to go. We got to go right now. You don't get to do the math. Fire. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Craig. Wow. You got to see it. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Craig and I both said 400. <laughs> TK said 600. That, that was left me like thinking of high. the correct answer. <laughs>
0: and I just like t- like panic, typed the number because Heibitz didn't give me enough time. It's got to be. It's, I'm way too high, I think.
3: I really don't want to think about the circumstance where this would come up. Chris jo- Chris
4: Jones running the 40. You guys remember that?
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was. Is that yeah. better or worse to, than Googling horse hooves at work? <laughs> the, the, Just it's Google, better. Anything is Google better than Chris Googling Jones horses. Dick falls out. Okay. The answer is 720. Wow. Wow. Two for two. DK. Hell yeah. Damn.
0: All right, Hyfits. How do we how do we do this
3: now? Do we do a separate showdown time? Yeah. How many how many dicks would take up like the the Eiffel how Tower? How many of Chris
4: Jones's dick would it be a hundred yards?
3: <laughs>
0: don't you guys remember the episode of uh of uh Silicon Valley? where they, like, figure out their problem, like their, like, you know, computer engineering issue by, the, like, the the, the middle-out yeah. theory about, like, yeah. how many penises yeah. you could jerk off at a time. <laughs> yeah. And it was, like, dick to dick, and they'd be, like, <laughs> middle-out. Well, you could actually probably switch from one penis to the other if they're, fa- if they're touching at the tip, and so uh, you could do two each with each hand four at a time. By the way, I was just <laughs> motioning all that out.
3: Like, I was, I was acting that out. Might have to make that a social breakout. Craig's a Jack, lefty. Jack, write
0: that one
4: down. Craig's a lefty for those of you who are trying to picture it. <laughs> that's right. Southpaw.
3: All right. Me and Tua. DK gets, TK gets God, I hope none of the players ever listen to this shit. I'm going to take the second one because I feel like I typed mine first. <laughs> I'm going <gonna, laughs> to. That's fair. There's two players here that I'm torn between. It's Kendrick Bourne for the Patriots and Rashid Sheed for the Saints. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to immediately change my mind. And I'm going to go with Rashid Shahid for the Saints, which isn't what I thought Interesting. I was going to do. But I'm realizing it right now. And I'm going to take Rashid Shahid. And we might as well talk about both these guys right now. The reason, Craig, would you, are you going to take Kendrick Bourne, Craig? Or would you take uh, Tutu Atwell? My rankings, I had Puka Nukua 1, Kendrick Bourne 2, and Rahid, Rashid Shahid 3. I had that, too, and I just changed my mind. And you know what's bothering me? I think my issue is with Kendrick Bourne. So Kendrick Bourne had an incredible day, right? 11 targets, 6 catches, 64 yards, 2 touchdowns. Top 5 receiver In of the, the week. In the rain so against like, the Eagles. Yeah, so it's like, how dumb can I be, right? Like, take the guy who's the top 5 receiver. Why are you overthinking it? Here's my issue. The Patriots often started with a pick 6. Then they came back out and they fumbled. And so the Patriots were down 16 to nothing immediately. And then they had to throw the ball. Mac Jones ended up throwing 54 passes.
0: Yeah, but Heifetz, we, look, we, we play waivers week by week, right? Like, you you play to survive another day. Kendrick Bourne and the Pats play Miami next week. That's not going to be a low-scoring game.
3: That's fair. That's a good point. Ooh, yeah. I think, that, no, that's fair. I think, I guess my question is, I, I, I guess the only reason that I'm, like, my heart's burning for Rashid Shahid is that when Rashid Shahid <laughs> wow. plays, he always, like, if he's relevant, it's he always had a long touchdown. Like, like at the end of the day, yeah. like, this guy has popped he wasn't like some massively enticing prospect. And yet since last season, all this guy does is catch long touchdowns to get open. So yeah. never mind the fact that Michael Thomas could get hurt at any moment and elevate the, like the opportunities. Even the fact that in week one, this guy popped even with Thomas and Olave both playing. I kind of just, and I'm like, he, had, she heated five catches, 89 yards and a touchdown, he had over three yards per rat run. And I'm like, if I got to pop him in, I feel like, Basically, I feel like really confident that Kendrick Bourne just had the best game of his season. I feel like he's not going to surpass 11 targets. I feel like he's not going to surpass two touchdowns in a game. I don't know. I feel like at the end of the day, he, All right, you're getting the number one receiver in the Patriots, but he's going to be intensely better in real life than in fantasy. But you're right. Like Maybe I'm just being an idiot because they're playing the Dolphins. But DK, what would you do? Yeah. Am I being, making a mistake? No, taking? Shihid I don't think over you're Bourne?
4: being an idiot. I think I would choose Kendrick Bourne. I had him ranked slightly higher. I think his role is going to end up being more stable. He was a big... That's true. I will not even
3: contest that.
4: He was a more, he he was a bit like Kendrick Bourne was one of the standouts of Patriots camp. He was a guy that was inexplicably buried by Matt Patricia last year for like no reason. Patriots fans, if you remember this, were like mystified about why he wasn't playing. Um, And then he immediately comes in under Bill O'Brien and is like a star. He's like the best player in in that, in that offense last uh, yesterday. So I would, I would say Bourne. But I think Rashid Shahid is definitely an interesting one because everything you said is true. Like it seems like every time he gets thrown a pass, he creates a big play. It's it's pretty incredible like the amount of efficiency he's been able to generate. And it's and it's starting to like be become more and more of like a thing where it's like this guy could actually be legit. Where I really worry though is he only played fifty four percent of the team's snaps yesterday.
0: He feels real boomer bust. He's gonna have big weeks and he's gonna have weeks where he disappears.
3: That's what slot receivers do all the time. that's that's essentially what Elijah Moore plays for the Browns.
4: I know, and that's that worries me. I, you're you're absolutely right. Like we're probably higher on some of these slot like slot only guys, Elijah Moore. Christian Kirk is another guy last week that he just only played when they were playing eleven personnel. He came off the field in two receiver sets, and that really is going to hurt his bottom line. But at the same time, like the game script and like the game plan, if maybe they want to go more too tight end heavy or whatever. Uh, that's just, there's going to be more variance, I think, with Rashid Shahid. Plus, he's all, he's a big play guy. And so, if he doesn't get yeah. one of those big plays, like, what's going to happen? I do think he's a very talented player. I just think, like Craig said, he's going to be a little bit boom bust.
3: I think that's exactly the point. And I actually would say that there's no right or wrong answer. It's just actually a matter of mentality. I think that Rashid Shahid is absolutely going to be more boom bust, and Kendrick Bourne's absolutely going to be more reliable. I kind of think that you kind of want to swing for some home runs sometimes. And again, if you need reliable, take reliable, maybe if Cooper cup and Jerry Judy and Christian Watson, and you're like, God damn it, give me Kendrick Bourne. I need to play in this week. If you're more like, I think my team might be good. And I kind of want to take a swing. If a month from now, Michael Thomas is hurt and Rashid Shaheed just like leads the league in air yards. Like, I think that's kind of like where you'd probably make the difference. It's probably more approach than anything. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny about
0: Rashid Shahid is, I, for some reason, I always thought, basically because he was a boom-bust big play guy, I just assumed those guys are always short. I kind of pictured him in my head like a Rondell Moore type. <laughs> That's fair. Like Deontay you know, Hardy. But, but, yeah. but he's six feet, Rashid Shahid, which uh, surprised me for some reason. I don't know why. I just thought he was like a also, little guy, like a 2-2 go- Atwell.
3: Google him, click on his picture. It's a really nice photo. Mm-hmm. It's a really I think nice he, photo. Like,
4: everything I just said... I think still remains true, but like, he's one of those guys I think actually might be
3: just like legit, really good. You know what I mean? And like st- a, a, a year that. from now,
4: like we're talking about
3: him as like a stud. Um, I kind of just want to bet on that talent. All right. So fourth, will we take two Tutu Atwell fourth? I don't think so.
4: I'm, I'm surprised you guys are forgetting about Zay Jones. I Did had guys- him
3: and Zay Jones down as the other guys. And
4: this is, this is exactly the conversation we were just having where uh, Christian Kirk came off the field for the Jags, basically the arrival of Calvin Ridley has crushed Christian Kirk, uh, his value in fantasy potentially. And so, um, when the,
0: the he's been market are, corrected. I mean, yeah. Trevor Lawrence is obsessed with Calvin Ridley. Like if you watch that game, he, all he did was start Calvin Ridley. Oh my God. And then Calvin Ridley looked incredible.
3: Yeah. So Kirk was off the field more as well.
4: Yeah. So Zay Jones, he played 88% of the team snaps. He got five catches, 55 yards, a touchdown. Um, target rate. Like all these numbers are extremely good. These are exactly what you're looking for. And this is a guy who's catching passes from uh, Trevor Lawrence last year. He had 82 catches, 800 plus yards. I think we're just kind of like ignoring him because he was a late breakout career guy last year was his first big season. Um, But I don't know, man, he looks to me like a really solid addition. He's like right in that Kendrick Bourne, I think area of like a solid number two type receiver. Um, in a good offense with a, a good quarterback. So I don't know. I think he'd be my number three guy behind. Honestly, behind yeah,
3: there's an argument that he Puka could be Niku. number one. Like, you could, or not, if Naku is number one, you could argue that Zay Jones should be over Kendrick Bourne for the reliability rankings. Right.
0: Yeah, I, it's, I still like Bourne, but yeah.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house
3: Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed, plus all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Bucks are playing the Bears this week. I have no idea why, but the line is three. I think we'll look back in a month and be like, that's one of those weird week two lines where we didn't know enough. I would take the Bucks. 100% just lay the three points. The Bears were terrible. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner in the NFL, must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not on the trial, but bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends September 18th, 2023. No refunds, terms, and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Couple others. Romeo Dobbs
0: is out yeah. there. You know, I mean, look, this is also the number two guy in this offense. He cut two touchdowns this week. He's, he was Green Bay. underrated last year, kind of good last year. And he mm-hmm. might just be kind of good again. And I feel like he suffers from low draft capital reputation where just, yeah, people don't want to believe that he's good because he was such a late round pick. And then also Allen Robinson, if Deontay Johnson's out, I mean, Allen Robinson led the Steelers in yards this week against the Niners. Um, and then Robert Woods on the Texans, yeah. he had 10 targets. I don't know if he really has the ceiling. He's like the opposite of Rashid Shaheed, where if you need a guy who's going to get five catches for 50 yards, Robert Woods, you know, 10 targets, safety blanket, playing this the Colts is, next week.
4: This reminds me, this is so like, the group of pass catchers that are top waiver additions this week are so just like a, it's a result of human nature. We're always chasing the sexy, new, like, high upside guys, that's who we draft. And then after one week, we're dumping those guys to pick up the freaking Allen Robinsons, Robin Wo- Robert Woods, like, go home to your wife.
3: I think we should, <laughs> no, but we should talk about this because we had a memento tattoo that was from last year, which was hold on to your rookie receivers because how many people had look, Christian Watson and then cut him? You know what I mean? right? How many people at Justin Fields and cut him? So my, I actually think we should play this. Let's say, obviously, if you have to play someone this week, if you have the Cooper Cup, Jerry yeah. Judy, Christian Watson lineup, and Kelsey or whatever, and you need to play a p- person for this week, that's a different conversation. But if that's not the case, would you cut Marvin Mims on the Broncos for Puka Nakua, DK? You don't need them this week.
4: Um, that is a tough one. Marvin I think I, barely played this week. Yeah, he Marvin played like 24% Mims. snaps. I don't want to overreact again because it's easy to That's overreact in week one. And and I've made this mistake in the past. Tyler Boyd.
3: Would you cut Tyler Boyd
0: for Kendrick Bourne? No, no. Make him pick here with Mims or Nakua.
4: Nakua, to me, this is such a unique question because, like, legitimately, this is the greatest week one for any rookie ever. Like, like, legitimately, 15 targets, 10 catches. Almost.
3: And Bolden forever and always. Okay. Sorry, definitely. But the, it is—it's—it's—it's it, it's, it's high.
4: It's up there. Um, so you don't want to overact. You don't want to underact. I'm taking Nakua though. Honestly, I'm just because throwing because names
3: out. Juju. I think you can cut Juju for Kendrick oh, Bourne. I, yeah, I just I think agree. cutting people—it's so hard. And again, with the c- giant caveat of like, we don't know who's on your team. We don't know who's on waivers. Like, sorry, we can't actually help you that much. But Juju cut him for Kendrick Bourne. Yep. You know, I'm looking at guys who did nothing. Jonathan Mingo for the Panthers. You want to hold him? Just so think that offense is going to
4: be too, too all over the place. Would you cut Christian Kirk for any of these guys? We just bail in on it. 60% snaps.
3: I don't think I'd bail on Christian Kirk. Like, I wouldn't cut him yet. No, I can't. I, I would not advise. I feel like you have someone else to cut than Christian Kirk. Like Darnell Mooney, who even scored. Chad Bateman, who.
4: Played like 30 something percent of the snaps. Like there's just a lot of these guys this week where you're like, oh my God, do I overreact to you're this? You're saying
3: cut Rashad Bateman? I would not cut Rashad No, I'm Bateman.
4: asking, would you cut him no. for any of these it's guys? a first
3: round pick and he, he had an injury. He like he had a lot of, he's he behind in practice. If yeah. Rashad Bateman yeah. two weeks from now is still like playing 30 percent of the snaps. Yeah, I think that was more related to Sky Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: yeah, Sky Moore think- who played like almost every snap in the game and had like zero catches. This, These are the questions. These are very hard. I think I'm done with Sky Moore. (laughs) I think I'm out.
3: I think the reaction to the Chiefs receiver stuff, including by myself, was so extreme that the Chiefs are aware of it. And well, did you see, I would what, hold did it you for see what Andy
4: Reid more... said? About yeah, about played, he took the today.
3: blame himself, right? And he's he split blame on yeah, him himself.
4: For people that didn't see it, Andy Reid basically was like, look, I put him in a tough situation because he didn't practice barely at all in the preseason. And then we put him in Who, a situation. Kadarius, Kadarius Tony. And then we put him in a situation where we were asking him to make some big plays in really key moments. And essentially took the defle- deflected the blame, which is a huge thing of Andy Reid to do because Kadarius Tony is, you know, you could throw him under the bus pretty easily based on his his actions uh, throughout his career. Um, no, that's that's
3: sandy Reid's. I think that's good coaching. It's good coaching. That's what yeah. I'm saying.
4: I'm just saying, like, you know, he's not necessarily the first guy I think people, a lot of people would want to defend. He's like out talking shit to Giants fans the day, like a couple days after, like putting like out the worst game of his career. Let me worst ask game you this. I've ever seen. Yeah.
0: Would you cut Kadarius Tony for any of these guys on this list that we just named?
4: Again, it's it's It depends on what you need next week. I still am bullish on Tony, honestly. Like, maybe I'm just completely delusional at this point, but like...
0: No, I mean, for what Heifetz has been saying about, like, you want to go for upside, sure. If you want to, like, get five catches a week, you can grab Kendrick Bourne. But if you want to go for upside and your goal is to win your league, you got to hold on to Kadarius Tony. I
3: think there's still a chance that, solely out of spite, the Chiefs actually, on purpose, try to get Tony a touchdown this week. And then you might be able to trade him, not for, like, you know, a great player, but that you might be able to flip Tony, for even for something as silly as like a better tight end or backup tight end or something so i think maybe, maybe i'm crazy
4: it. but like i'm i'm more willing to like like abandon ship on guys like christian kirk than i am on like a guy. the answer like is
3: the answer is you can though if you want like there's yeah. no answer there's no right answer like the reality is you have to figure it out for yourself and because we don't know the context of your league and what you know and also who's on your freaking roster it's a different answer if you're in a you know, salary cap draft, you have Justin Jefferson and Tyree kill than it is if your top receiver is freaking D.J. Moore. So it, de- it it all depends. Yeah. All right, tight end. Again, this is like the tight end apocalypse. There's Travis Kelsey's <laughs> hurt. Mark Andrews was hurt. George Kittle's banged up and playing. Not a single tight end in the NFL at over 60 yards. So I, again, I actually think, I can't prove this, but my gut is there's more tight ends rostered than at any week one ever yeah. because I feel like, how many people go into a week one with a backup tight end? like half your league or whatever. I feel like everyone, like there's probably more backup tight ends ever because like half the tight ends were drafted, were hurt and they were all the good ones. So I don't know who's available. I think there's probably like a massively wide range of players who are actually available. So with that caveat, DK entering week two, who is your number one must add tight end for week two in fantasy football?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Again, this was a very tough decision. And I think it comes down to, and I'm going to issue a caveat, it comes down to what you need on your team. Are you shooting for upside or you just need someone to fucking plug in to your lineup because you drafted, you know, Gerald Everett because I recommended him and I'm sorry for that because he split reps almost evenly with Donald Parham and that was not what I was expecting. Um, so if you need to c- get a guy in and like plug him into your lineup and just get a few points, I'm going with Zach Ertz for the Cardinals, which is like the least exciting really? thing you could wow. possibly do. wow um,
3: I'm stunned.
0: So- he had 10 I'm targets stunned as well. 10 targets. I don't care. From Josh Dobbs. How many did he catch? Six.
4: <laughs> for how I'm many stunned. yards? Six 20? catches for the tight ends? No, two tight ends <laughs> scored double-digit points, Craig. what we're, This is like, beggars can't be choosers. There, to me, to me, look, again, there's other guys I like more. There's other guys I'm more excited about. If you need a guy who's going to give you a little bit of a floor at tight end, I think Zach Ertz could be the guy. He, had, he, played 90, he, he ran around on 90% of the snaps that they dropped back. And that's like... An elite number for the tight end position. You you want a guy who's going to be running routes. And Zach Hertz has done this like every year in his career. He's I, been good. I,
3: I, this is just the most out of character thing ever. And I think that's what Craig and I are surprised because my number one guy was Luke Musgrave, the tight end for the Packers. He was, he was the Again, guy who I was. He's the, he the guy most I yards, was alluding to. He was the guy I was this, alluding to. He had the second most yards of any player this week. And he actually freaking tried to field a ball like a little eager and like <laughs> he, he should have scored a touchdown. Luke He's Musgrave like, easily should have been the number one tight end this week.
4: Yeah, he was treating I, I would, but, that he was treating that pass like he was like trying to like, you know how like outfielders will like brace for the wall and like, oh, I'm on the I'm on the warning track. Oh, shit. Like he he turned around and he was like backpedaling to try and catch this. I pass. feel like
0: he was so nervous. He's like, this is my <laughs> first game. I
3: can't drop this ball. Just catch it and go down because <laughs> he was so open. You had time to think of it. It's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. But yes, this is everyone's watching
0: me right now. A hundred
4: percent out of character because I feel like sometimes I get out over my skis with these rookies. And so I was just trying to be the responsible one and say, draft no, you, the guy you, you, that got 10 or take the guy that got 10 targets in this last this game. is You're
3: doing too much. Now you're doing too little. Now you're doing nothing at all. It's like you spent the entire draft cycle saying Luke Musgrave is great. The entire preseason saying, Hey, cheeky rookie might be good as, a, and then he actually has the second most yards of any tight end in week one. And now you're out on Luke Musgrave. Like, what are you doing here?
4: <laughs> Give me a break. I'm not out.
0: He's just my you're one B. Um, I would take
3: Luke Musgrave because, again, at the end of the day, the goal of streaming tight ends ultimately is to stop having to freaking do it. It's like a hinge. It's like it's designed to be deleted. It's like you want to just stream the guy that's going to get you out of this. I agree, though. I had I would say my top tier guys, Luke Musgrave, because I'm hoping he has this like great rookie season. And like he had the most routes, I believe, of any of the Packers players, maybe other than Dobbs. But then there's a tier to me. Zach Ertz, who I can't believe he came back to get 10 targets a week. One. I know. I cannot Snow believe this either. That's but The fact that Zach Ertz beat Kyler in the return, I kind of was stunned by.
4: Dude, Ertz, then, Ertz is just, he's one of those guys, he's never going to go away. He's going to be playing until he's like 50, and he's just going to catch like eight, 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 eight passes for 36 yards every week.
3: He does have the old man game. And I think it's a good, like he almost <laughs> he's dropped a break Zero tackles. Hunter Henry for the Patriots, who actually was like the number one tight end, uh, along with like Hayden Hurst this week. Hunter yeah. Henry, I, I don't know if you saw the c- catch he had to extend the Patriots final drive. Hunter Henry actually has incredible hands. Hunter Henry is like a weirdly excellent yeah, he's good. catcher of the football. Oh, he had yeah. an unbelievable fourth down grab to save yeah. that drive. Like If they if the Patriots ended up winning, it was going to be because of Hunter Henry. And I think he's going to be Mac Jones as a red zone guy. Jake Ferguson for the Cowboys. Yep. Just the Cowboys didn't have to play a real game. It was kind of like Alabama playing the Citadel. So he, when the Cowboys he, roll out the real like, offense...
4: Jake Ferguson had like, I, I don't have it in front of me. He had like six targets on 12 routes, <laughs> like seven yeah. targets. Yeah. It was like, he he was like every other time he was running a route, like Dak was looking to him, which is exactly why we talked about him in the preseason. Dak loves throwing to his tight ends. The tight ends on his team were not very good in this game, in this particular game. But we I, I think we all believe the volume eventually will be there.
3: And so there are other tight ends. Hayden Hurst was one of the top scorers. Like, you know, he was one of the few tight ends to score a touchdown. We got an email from someone saying, what about Hayden Hurst this year? And then I saw him score and I was like, but here's the thing. He's still in the Panthers. The Panthers look abysmal. If I look at guys that you might actually be able to scrounge together, not having a stream every week and are actually all right. Hey, Luke Musgrave, Hunter Henry, Zach Ertz, and Jake Ferguson. I don't know. We can do trivia time, but Craig, or showdown time, but Craig, is there anyone outside of that group that you would pick up? Sam Laporta. Sam oh, Laporta yes. is
0: 36% Sorry. on ESPN. Oh, is he?
4: Okay. I was going to say, because he's like 60 yeah. something percent on Yahoo. I was yes. like, I, but he, he would be yes. another guy. I think him and, him, and, him and Musgrave in my heart of hearts, obviously, are like the two true loves of, of this group. And so, you know, I would have them first. But if you're really trying to just be conservative, Zach
3: I agree with that, Craig. I think those are the five. And the good news is this is like the running back thing. You can get one of these guys. Like you absolutely can get one of these guys. I don't know yeah. which one, but they're available. And I think they're going to be great. So well, that's well. There'll be let's do, let's do a hopefully. showdown time. Yeah, showdown time. All right, Luke Musgrave, this
0: is just Hyphitz and I. Right, so DK's got to read yeah. this question.
4: All right, here we go. This one is from Franco. Oh
0: wait, sorry, Craig DK jumping the gun. Look,
4: I'm I'm not very well practiced on this. Please continue, Craig. Like Lamar with you the rust.
0: Disrespect the showdown time. <laughs> All right, Hyphitz and I. It is the Luke Musgrave showdown time
4: <laughs> alright this one's from Franco Franco nothing from All right. Uh in so 1952 Franco. Pro Bowl running back slash end Cloyce Box <laughs> slash end <laughs> uh, led the NFL Cloyce Box led the NFL in receiving touchdowns how many touchdowns did Cloyce Box score did t- so wait, running he? He was, a, slash he was end. a
0: running back slash end, and he led the league in receiving touchdowns. Yes. What an right. interesting text, text it into the text it into the chat. Okay, all right. Give me a second. Uh, here. Okay. Jeez. Well, Hold on. You know we can edit out dead air, right? Like we don't have to just be like <laughs> three seconds. No, but you don't want to think about it too much. Jeez. Well, this, this is isn't just... like where you can count the amount of inches in a football field. Like, I, <laughs> there's, more thinking doesn't actually help here. Uh, <laughs> in fact, it probably hurts. I'm trying to help you, Craig. I'm, like, between, like, two numbers. I don't um
3: Okay, I'm ready. I'm between two numbers, too. I'm trying to decide lower or higher end. God, maybe I'm stupid about this, but I'm...
4: All right, let's do it. Three, two, one, go.
3: <laughs> Craig said four. Holy shit. Okay. Oh, so my uh, God. I said hyphens- 12, and Craig said four. I'm <laughs> oh like, four?
4: Well, the answer is 15. Damn it. Craig, damn, that's really high. Craig had low expectations for football back in the Cloyds Box uh, How often do they
0: throw in the football <laughs> in the fifties? I thought it was like Navy. I thought they were throwing the ball eight times a game. Uh, that's funny.
4: Damn, that's good, dude. Cloyds Box, what Kloy's a fucking box. machine. Fifteen touchdowns. It's
3: our guy. Love Cloyds Box. Maybe
4: Craig. Maybe they played like forty games back then.
3: I don't Never think so. His wife Fern. All right, so I get Luke Musgrave. Fern. DK's taking Zach Ertz. Craig, Who are you taking from this heap of tight end buffering? I'm between Laporta and Hunter Henry.
0: I, I actually think I'm going to take Laporta. I'm not going to yeah. be... I, we've I've been on the Hunter Henry train a million times. I'm not falling for it again. He had a Italian. Italian for the deal.
3: door. I'm sensing a theme. Ten weeks from now, we're going to be talking about how Justice Hill and Hunter Henry are like top ten guys to the position. And then in the week one showdown time, none of, this, none of us even chose them. I don't
0: know, man. I feel like we've done this with Hunter Henry for four straight seasons. We're like, no, no, this team actually is the perfect spot for him and then he has four catches for 40 yards every game and he's he's the tight end yeah. 16 the hunter henry thing the number that I'll throw out with hunter
4: henry that makes me a little bit worried about just thinking this is this is like fool's gold a little bit is they threw i think he had uh i think mac jones had like 54 pass attempts in this yeah. game yeah. he had a, he had an 11% target rate like the numbers are a little misleading that he had six targets you know what i mean there's 54 it's, pass attempts.
3: Titan's so disgusting. Oh my God. Okay. But 11, <laughs> like an 11% target something. rate
4: is not good for like a normal we, team. That's, that's we need not Kel- going to like do it for you every week.
3: We need Dallas Goddard to catch a ball yeah, for sake. as soon as possible. All right. <laughs> we can run through. All right. Other positions real quick quarterback. I think it's super simple. Um, you know, no quarterbacks are hurt. There's no bye weeks yet. I think my only question is really, if you're adding someone, it's because you know, your quarterback sucks. So I would just throw out four guys. And I'm curious if you guys wanted to add someone, could you think they're legit? They're all probably available. Jordan Love, Mm -hmm. Mac Jones, Brock Purdy, and Matt Stafford. And I'm curious if you guys had to add one of those. Like if you have, I don't know, just Anthony Richardson or or Geno Smith or someone and you just want another quarterback, who would you add? Jordan Love, Mac Jones, Brock Purdy, or Stafford?
0: It's Purdy, and I hate myself. Every time Purdy plays, he's a top (laughs) 10 quarterback. So...
4: I would just say, uh, yeah, Purdy's definitely the reasonable one. Mac Jones is interesting because of what Craig said. The Dolphins in week two, like, could be like a, like a, just a race, just shoot shootout. I don't know. That one's kind of interesting to me. But Matt Stafford, rest of the season is interesting to me, but they play the 49ers in week two, and that's scary. Yeah. So I wouldn't say if Give you're picking him up for one week, don't take Matt Stafford.
3: Jordan Love was the top five quarterback this week, baby.
4: Yep, Jordan Love looked good. I mean, he saw he looked really solid. I think the Bears are a fake team, um, but yeah, he not looked a solid. serious team. They they are truly an unserious team, unserious franchise. Um, so I, I wouldn't get too over my skis about Jordan Love, but I did think he was impressive. I thought he looked pretty good.
3: If they bench Ryan Tannehill, who do you guys think is going to start? That is a great question, Craig. I I I actually was yeah. We can talk about this later in the week, but I. I am curious if Tannehill was just that bad because of rust or what was up there. Um, my only thing with I, I sorry I was pulling numbers on Brock Purdy because what I wanted to say was the thing about Purdy that sounds like the answer, but he's only had over twenty points in it fantasy points in a game once. So yeah, but how many times has he been about.
0: lower than seventeen? He's like never had lower than seventeen. He's always
3: between fourteen and seven. Fourteen and high floor, 19, or low really. ceiling. Yeah. All right, screw. What would you guys think Brock of uh, Sam Howell? He was
0: exactly as I imagined. Very bakery, chaotic.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't. But, you know, frisky can scramble. The kind of player you talk yourself into, but then in practice you watch him and you're like, how did I get? It's like horny police. It's like, how did I get horny enough to like text this person? It's like, how did I put this person in my lineup and lock that in? It's like, you know, I can't believe I did that to myself. Especially against the Cardinals defense. Like, it's not going to get any easier than that, probably, right? Yeah. I would do Porte and Jordan Love.
0: Brock Purdy's never thrown for less than two
3: touchdowns in a game when he's healthy. All right, you can do Purdy. All right, defenses. I think this is pretty crucial. This is a huge week. I, I mean, look, if you have the Cowboys or whatever, you have the Cowboys, congratulations. I would say if you're going to stream defenses and you're listening to this, you probably do because you probably took defenses last. I think there's a few defenses that stand out a lot. The Buccaneers mm-hmm. are playing the Bears this week, as we were just saying, an unserious team. I don't know if you guys remember the last time the Bucks played the Bears, or Justin Fields. 38 to three Tampa one Justin Fields had three t- picks and he th- had three fumbles and seven of those defenders are still on the team and Todd Bowles <laughs> is still there so I, I mean I think Justin uh, Fields is screwed they're available in like jover. 90% of ESPN leagues the Broncos are in a similar spot not available in 90% of leagues the defense is still very talented they're playing Washington and Sam Howell this week Sam Howell who handed the you know Washington, that touchdown or sorry, the Arizona, the touchdown for halftime. Those are the top two to me. Then you've got Packers are widely available. They're playing Atlanta this week. Desmond Ritter. I mean, you know, the Falcons are winning, but like Desmond Ritter, still Desmond Ritter and then Cleveland, who is unbelievable. And they're facing the Steelers. Sorry, Craig, but the Cleveland defense might just be incredible. I don't know.
4: (laughs) Did you guys see the replay of Miles Garrett? Like. Dribbling between, like, pretending to dribble between his legs before a yes. snap. I sent it to you guys.
0: <laughs> I was confused that's by so, that. I don't think he actually so awesome. dribbled. It looked he like he was pretending he, to He's dribble. dribbling between his legs. He's going back is and forth. What he was doing between did his legs. Someone just yes. joke about that. That's that. That's no, what you he's one hundred percent doing that. <laughs> that is the universal like like move when you're like you don't have a basketball and you're like in your apartment and you're pretending to go through your legs. Yeah. Like he was doing that. Anyway, so Craig, how do wow. you feel about Pittsburgh? It was one offense? of the cooler things I've ever seen, to be honest. <laughs> he was like fucking juking people pre snap, just like having
3: fun and blew right past the, the guard. It was, it was incredible. Yeah, that's a guy who wants to win Defensive Player of the Year. All right. Any other ones? I would also throw out the Bengals who are playing the Ravens, but like I'm kind of not afraid of the Ravens. Did you, did you mention the Colts playing Texans? I was going to say both. The Colts are playing the Texans, Texans playing the Colts. I actually kind of like the Texans defense. I think Anthony Richardson's more likely to turn it over than the Texans are, but either one. You got a game mm. of two rookie quarterbacks. I think you can get on either side yeah. of that.
0: Yeah. Uh What about Hyvitz? I mean, the uh, every every week you can probably just rev up who was ever playing the Cardinals, and that's your Giants this week. I mean, not a terrible. <laughs> start. He's I'm too
3: Doesn't want to talk about it. The idea of me like recommending the Giants <laughs> after like they lost forty to love, <laughs> like it was a tennis match. They lost forty to nothing. Like I. Didn't really have the heart. Yeah,
0: you know, but what? Two of those touchdowns were not on the defense.
3: So, it's really like 24 points they let up. It's defense slash special teams. You know, we don't need to go there again. It's a fresh But I'm just game. saying, like,
0: I, I love just picking the shittiest team in the league and just streaming who, whichever de- defense yeah. plays them. There's a lot. There's a lot. What was it last year? Wasn't there some stat? It was like the defense that played the Texans last year were like sixth. There was some crazy stat last year with whoever played the worst team in the league. If you just added up the total each week, they were like a top five defense in the league.
3: Yeah, playing the Giants against the Cardinals is fine. I just didn't want to be the one to say it, to be totally honest. <laughs> I also think the Bucs might be solid. All right, there you go. You want to do a couple emails to get out of here?
1: Yeah. yeah. All
3: right. Before we talk about football and stats, Tom, shout out Tom, Tom, Tom. Tom. When people make money on betting on our advice that we didn't think of, Tom was listening to me rant about the rookie quarterbacks, bet on the Ravens, Jags, and Falcons to all win, and then he made four hundred. He says, "I made four hundred dollars and bought a chainsaw thanks to the advice." <laughs> Whoa, nice! I did not even That's make so that cool. bet. I'm an idiot. So, you know why
0: that guy's a healthy gambler? Because he gambled, he won money, he pulled it out, and he spent it, and he turned it yeah. into a physical item that he can
3: use <laughs> for years. To cut cha- trees down. <laughs> Put a chainsaw. Cause CJ Stroud chop lost. Up, what a chop crazy up wood world for fucking heat. He's
4: creating energy, you know. All right, we got an email from
3: Nick. Nick, Nicky. so we've been talking about our intro, and so some of the intro there was a version that goes beep boop, and then some go beep beep boop, and it's a whole <laughs> thing. It's it, it. again, it's a whole thing. So anyway, Nick writes in to say, "I'm a music producer. I can explain the variability of the beeps and boops in your <laughs> intro song." Okay. The beeps and boops are in stereo, meaning that the boops are meant to go through the left channel and the beeps go through the right. It creates a fun effect when you listen to it with the headphones. The opposite of stereo is mono, meaning that a song in mono sends the same audio through left and right channels. If you play a stereo song in mono, sometimes what happens is the system just takes the signal from one side, projects it to both. So in a weird way, the beep only, or boop only, I can't remember, version... It's the intro. Is just the left side of the original intro song. Wow, do you think that's does that? Let me tell you, track.
0: Something. Yes, it does. Nick's one hundred percent right. That makes a ton oh, of sense, nice. actually.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so the so the one without the beeps is actually just the left side of that's the, amazing. That's such more the
0: right, but yeah. It's a mono track, perhaps. <laughs> wow,
3: half. That's incredible. Thank you, oh, Nick. Oh, My God. Wow, shout out Nick. Okay. We learned so much. Dude, so uh, Kai. Like, oh. Kai,
0: you're fired. Nick, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard, Nick. What
3: kind of food do you think Nick eats? <laughs> <laughs> the best kinds. <laughs> R.I.P. to uh Kai Fieri. Wow. Right. Also, um Craig was talking on Sunday's show about wanting a German word for just sitting and watching football all day on your couch and feeling Stewing miserable. and in not your even own being happy. filth. <laughs> so yeah. Jonas. 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 Jonas emailed in to say the most fitting expression for a sad dude watching eight hours of football feeling miserable about his imaginary team would probably be Armis version," which translates literally to poor little sausage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. I feel like a little sausage just <laughs> sitting Armas in my Verschen. own grease.
3: Version. Armis yeah. version. You also got a lot of hate mail, Craig, from all the 49ers fans. I'll just quote a couple. Uh, When is Kenny Pickett entering the Joe Montana conversation, Craig? (laughs) And then we also have, tell me again, Craig, how 49ers fans have been fooled about Brock Purdy, but that Kenny Pickett's going to be great.
0: Um... Tell me how 49ers fans have been fooled about Brock Purdy because you guys thought he was better than Tom Brady like eight months ago. <laughs> what do you have to say about that? You probably do right now. I'm getting, rid- I'm getting ridiculous texts from people about what they think about Brock Purdy. <laughs> uh, remember, remember, Nick Mullins was the second quickest player to ever get to whatever. He, he, had the, he had the second most yards ever in his first 16 games of his career. You know why that was? Kyle Shanahan. Brock Purdy's fine. I'd rather have, I'd rather have him than Tom Brady. At least he wins, you know? I mean, look... Well, DK, would you rather have Brock Purdy or Kenny Pickett career? Oh, God, Don't drag oh, me into and, and this. They're, and, and you know what? They're not on their teams. They're, they are picked up and dropped on the Texans. Which Who would you want? I,
3: Pickett. I'm going to say Brock Purdy. I would okay. take Pickett. A rift has just formed in this podcast. I can feel it.
4: I don't care that much, to be totally honest.
0: <laughs> oh, you I, don't? Damn. I thought you were really invested in this in this imaginary battle. I
3: I, I will say <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of weird that Kenny Pickett he's basically had six good drives in the NFL. Like I can count them off the top of my head. That's not good. Yeah. How That's many has Daniel Jones
0: had six in in five
3: years? Yeah, Sorry, I'm no, lashing out. That, he's I, dude. You're no, He's done more with less. He's done more
0: with less. He had six good drives in the playoffs. Daniel Jones has been dog shit for four years and had it, he threw 15 <laughs> touchdowns last year and you guys gave him $160 yards.
3: million. Daniel Jones had four, 400 yards in a playoff game this year.
0: Daniel Jones got paid $10 million per touchdown he threw last year.
3: You haven't had 400 yards on the offense in 36 games.
0: You win one playoff game for the first time in 10 years and now you're, you give a quarterback $160 million. Talk about blowing <laughs> your load.
3: It took... <laughs> <laughs> like keep 18 going. hours after Craig and I had our teams demolished for us to turn on each other. It didn't even at, take at least a Kenny full Pickett day. at least
0: Kenny Pickett could be good. We know Daniel Jones is not, and you gave him 160 million dollars. I think to the keep problem going. is
3: that the the main criticism of Daniel Jones is that he's just a running back and not a passer, but that Daniel Jones had much better passing games than Kenny Pickett.
0: He threw 15 touchdowns last year. I, I think he, it did literal about? first.
3: <laughs> Daniel Jones's literal first start in his NFL career. He had 336 yards. I don't think Kenny Pickett's ever done that. Had over I, 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 I mean, I'm not trying what, to throw Pickett under the bus here, but like. I, I think you literally are. What did Daniel Jones like? Daniel lead, Jones is like,
0: getting paid
4: $160 million. Dollars. Kenny Pickett's a fucking he just barely a rookie. He's he's a second year guy with like six starts.
3: They're like the same age. Daniel Jones that's, set the record
0: for like that's, most that's fumbles by a quarterback in the first three Daniel years Jones of his career. Is, like, what the fuck Jen, are you talking Daniel about?
3: Daniel Jones was born in May of this, 1997. The, Kenny the same Pickett age, was born the same age. Thing that's a fair point. Kenny Pickett <laughs> was born in June of 98. <laughs> Daniel Jones is one year older than Kenny Pickett. Like, <laughs> just say it. Uh, this is this Daniel is Jones actually is hamstringing
4: the Giants' ability to build a roster. Though, let's be honest.
0: Daniel Jones has fumbled 42 times in his career. (laughs) That was bad. I won't
3: defend that, but it's over.
4: I I really enjoy the fact that Craig has not once acknowledged
0: anything Heifetz has said and just just responds with Daniel Jones facts. (laughs) I'm like, look, Kenny Pickett hasn't even played 16 games yet. Can we fucking chill?
4: (laughs) That was good. This is like that game, the, you know, the s- new sport where guys just slap each other as hard as they can in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What?"
0: I think guys? that game got. I think that show was canceled. <laughs> Wasn't that a D- Dana White game? <laughs> it's two guys just oh, getting yeah. knocked out. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's called oh my slap god! Slap shot
3: or something or slap fight. Craig, this is totally organic. I swear in my life that this actually just happened. A perfect resolution to this argument. I'll actually do it after. The, a perfect thing. Okay. I'm going to come back to this after I do the thank yous. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Okay. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Intern Jack, everyone behind the scenes. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Crisscross. No comments. I don't know that. Before your but, Which era. is perfect, actually, because <laughs> I, my friend, I don't know who's a lawyer, just as we're speaking, texted me the answer to our question about how music copyright works. Oh. Literally, that's, I just am getting this right now. He says, to your guy's question about musical plagiarism. Uh, they're intensely fact-specific cases, and they often get into the minute discussions. Craig was joking about like beats per minute, chords, etc., and whether the two works are quote substantially similar, and whether one how party do you determine substantially?
0: ease? love it's it. It's
3: demonstrated either through admission or just circumstantial evidence showing that the alleged copier had access to the original work. But both issues are put to a jury, so like I said, highly fact-intensive. And both parties hire experts to testify as about the likeness or dissimilarity of the two works. And he said, this, "My friend actually is a copyright lawyer."
0: Imagine if Goodwill Hunting was just about music rights. <laughs> I, I'd love to see like it, it's Tom Cruise arguing that Olivia Rodrigo didn't copy a Taylor Swift song in Deja Vu, and they're just playing it over and over for the Is that what it's men? like? I'd love a to be good- on that.
4: Yeah. What, what was the? You said Goodwill
0: Hunting. Oh, sorry. A few good men. <laughs> I think he did. Maybe I, maybe I just <laughs> misheard. I don't know. But yes. And two titles with the word good in it. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. <laughs> like, imagine some guy being like, really listen to Deja Vu here. Listen to this one line. This really sounds like Cruel Summer from Taylor Swift. Who ordered the Code Red? Why, why was there two guitar riffs? Do you guys
4: remember uh, Vanilla Ice with... Uh, Fuck. Oh yeah, dun, 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 Queen. Da, da. When I was yeah. a
3: kid, I was like, "Oh my god, it's so weird that they sound so similar." Ice,
4: ice, baby. Anyways, he he argued that it was dun 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 tapping, tong, instead of like dun dun that's dun That's Hutch- like our <laughs> intro song. It's like bee boo boo ba <laughs> It <really> <disguised> <speaking> <McLuhan> Boot- seriously it's was it's like beep- very close boop- to that.
0: Boop- Beep. So I love that the answer to this <laughs> is that two lawyers go into a courtroom in front of a jury and argue beeps and boops and then a jury decides.
3: <laughs> God damn. The jury has to sit there all serious and they're like, Yeah. And like imagine the jury deliberations with just alone. They're like, Well, they've made a good case that it was beep, beep, boop. And they're like, But what about the boop, boop, beep? So,
4: yeah, imagine the seven angry men movie about like <laughs> fucking movie or music
0: rights. I can't. I will I refuse to send this man to prison. Twelve angry men. Not oh, seven. sorry. <laughs> We're like up all board. fucked up with our movie references today. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, you, right, a sorry few about. good seven men. <laughs> <laughs> seven few good men.
4: Oh my God. Last stage the left side of the court case. All right. Mention being on that jury. I would, if I was on that jury, I'd just be like, can we just not do this?
3: Like, this, this is, is fake. fake can we not do this <laughs> like don't we have more important things to do a lot of juries that couldn't really imagine being on right now all right let's get out of here goodbye everyone Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming.